holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? We are recording just after Arsenal's 3-0 Europa League win against Eintracht Frankfurt in the Europa League. Did I say it was the Europa League already? I think I might have. But, you know, that's fine. It was our 3-0 Europa League win in the Europa League against Eintracht Frankfurt, who are also in the Europa League. And let me tell you something here, folks. We are back. We are back, baby. After conceding 31 attempts on goal against Watford at the weekend, we restricted Frankfurt to a mere 24 efforts on goal. That's like, I don't know what percentage-wise, I'm going to guess like 25, 24% fewer, is it? I don't know. I should look it up, shouldn't I? Uh... I don't know how to do it. I'm not good at maths. That's all I'm saying. I'm just guessing that it's around 25 or 24, 23% better or 20 or 26. I, I don't know. I'm just saying it is better. It's better. The improvement is there. We're on the right trajectory. Things are on the up and up. Not only did we restrict them to 24 attempts on goal, we had 16. 16 ourselves having only had um, seven, I think. Uh, at Watford. So that's like 200 and something percent. Like in terms of percentages, we're fucking knocking it out of the park here. 3-0 clean sheet goals from Joe Willock, Bakayo Saka and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Clean sheet, great performance from Emmy Martinez. What were we worrying about at all when we looked at that second half against Watford that's now in the past and completely forgotten because we've won a game of football again? That's the way it works, right? Look, we are going to talk uh, about the game. We're going to talk about the uh, Eintracht Frankfurt game now in just a moment, and we'll be looking ahead to the Aston Villa game at the weekend. Uh, We're playing them on Sunday at the Emirates, a game that I'm going over for, so looking forward to seeing my first game of the season, well, you know, in in person and what have you. And hopefully it's a bit more Frankfurt and a lot less Watford. A lot less Watford, like 600% less Watford and... 39,000% more Frankfurt in terms of the outcome and the goals and the clean sheet, if not necessarily the performance. But we better talk about the game. And I'm joined this evening, mere, mere tens of minutes after the final whistle by Andrew Allen. Hello, Andrew. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, A little bit down the line, we are going to have to touch on some of the things about this 3-0 win, which weren't perfect, it would be Mm. fair to say. Some of the issues that we saw last weekend against Watford were, were kind of there. But I think there was enough good stuff 
to focus on that first and foremost. And look, we're going to talk about some young players here. Can we? We should just make it clear from the start that if we're talking about them in glowing terms and and extolling their virtues, it doesn't mean that we're hyping them up to be the next Vieira or the next whoever. It just means we enjoyed their performances against Frankfurt, right? I mean, I, I did tweet about midway through the first half, marry me, Joe Vieira Willock, but sure, whatever. <laughs> uh, I want to be part of the Joe Willock fan club. If there isn't a fan club, I might just set up the fan club. I mean, I think now's a good time, right? I mean, we saw that if you go early with these things, like Carlos Vela News, you can really dominate the market. Um, <laughs> look, the, the the boy had another great game today, I think. Um, his, uh, are we starting just, with, we're starting with Joe, are we? We're starting with Joe. Super Joe. Yeah. Mega I'm Joe. Gonna, I mean, I think up until he went off, actually, he was probably the man of the match. Um, so it's amazing that Saka, in in his absence, then went and took things into his own hands. But no, Willock really impressed me again. It's just his ability to carry the ball long distances. And, um, you know, he always seems quite calm and assured. And I know he, he kind of missed a chance before he scored the one that he did, which was a little bit lucky. But he's it was mm. another really interesting showing, I thought. People will, uh, like you did, say the new Vieira, or they might say, like, there are shades of Abu Dhabi uh, in the way that Joe Willock plays. But I have to say, um, and I was just talking to James about this on on WhatsApp, that, like, there's a whack of Aaron Ramsey off Joe Willock. Yeah. You know yeah, what I, I mean? In, in, like, you see him stride through the midfield uh, the way he did in that second half, and he played that pass for Obama Yang, and and the shot was cut out. And you think, okay, there's some Vieira in there, but his ability to arrive in the box mm. at the right time, he missed that chance, obviously in the first half, the one you referenced, and it was a little bit difficult because he had to get the ball out from under his feet. He sort of had to to jump, and and uh, he put it wide. But we saw last season as well. He just has this ability to be in the right place at the right time. So there's this, you know, we're not just getting the new Vieira, we're getting the new Ramsey as well. This is amazing. I mean, you, you, you watch him, and what becomes very, very clear is when an attack starts building up, he wants to be in the box. He wants to score the goal. And I think he kind of, to a certain extent, some of our players maybe think, oh, I'll hold back here. But he just, he absolutely mm. sniffs, sniffs the opportunity. And he's got no, you know, he makes no bones about trying to be there. Um, he said um, when he signed the new contract the other day, actually, that, you know, scoring more, getting more assists is exactly what he's aiming for. Um, and I kind of, I look at um, Iwobi, who departed, who kept saying stuff like that, but never really managed to find himself in those positions. He yeah. never made those runs. Um Willock somehow just has that eye and actually I think a little bit more composure and we've got ourselves a real a real player there because you know he's already scored several goals for the first team and I think it you know it can become something of a complex for young players I think almost you might look at Reese Nelson now and wonder oh he hasn't scored a goal for the first team yet and he's at a well, he's into his third season of, of playing top flight football yeah um but obviously Willock you know very quickly sort of tick that off his list and it becomes one less thing to think about. He just seems very natural now. Um, really, really impressive. I mean, obviously, yes, as we said at the beginning of the show, we've got to kind of keep things in perspective. I think the good thing is, is that this tournament is just ripe for him to, 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 um, to, to show his progress. Mm. Um, I really think over the next few weeks, this and the, um, the league cup games 
you know, we, we can bed him in, really. For sure. And this was probably our most tricky fixture. Hence mm. the reason we took, you know, Aubameyang rather than play somebody like Tyrese John-Jules. Um, you know, we'll we'll wait and see. I know there was some concern over Aubameyang and I was a little bit worried about it myself. I think we can say he came through the game well. He scored himself a goal. I think the wisdom of playing Aubameyang tonight will be uh, evidenced on Sunday when we see what kind of a performance we get out of him then because we're going to have to ask him to do to do 90 minutes uh, against Aston Villa because he's basically our, our only striker at, at senior level. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's that's a separate issue. I, I just want to stay on Willock for a moment. And, I, you know, I remember uh, in the summer when I was watching him against Bayern Munich in L.A. and thinking, holy crap, something has happened here. Something's gone on with this guy that it's either... Uh, physical development, his maturity as a footballer. He's absolutely determined to play himself into the first team with what he can do in preseason. Because often preseason games are like, well, yeah, we'll play some kids until all our senior players are back. And then, you know, they kind of, they fade away to under 23 level again. But that wasn't Mm. the case with Willock. You know, he really grasped his opportunity in preseason. So much so that Emery, you know, somebody who you would say is... Not necessarily renowned for for giving uh, young players of of that age uh, a chance when he might have more senior options or more experienced options. You know, he picked him away at Newcastle on the first game of the season. He picked him at Burnley against Burnley. He picked him away at Liverpool, and that's a real show of faith in in the talent mm-hmm. and the potential that he has that that Emery is seeing and the coaching staff are seeing every day on the training ground. Yeah, I mean, I I think a a, a bit like. Matteo Guendouzi at the beginning of last season, you know, someone who who had a good preseason. In fairness, actually, even Emil Smith Rowe in preseason last year, they both kind of got early opportunities. After that, it was all on them to then deliver in the bigger games. And I think mm. you have to say with with Guendouzi at the beginning of last season, and and definitely Willock here, what you're seeing is players taking their chances. Um, now, is that down to natural talent are we just making it much easier more comfortable for them to to deliver on that i mean the you know mertesack has spoken recently and often about kind of creating an environment for these players to thrive in yeah um i wonder if it's a little bit of that but i mean it's the the fact of the matter is i mean we, we we've got a nice little group of players there and if we can just keep easing them into situations like this and they get more and more minutes after a while you stop considering them as kids and they become kind of bona fide it's like first team regular options um and i you know something like that happened with awobi kind of under the radar you sort of have a couple of appearances and then suddenly bang like they're a first team player and you stop thinking of them as a kind of oh will he get a game an exciting prospect yeah um so yeah i'd be i, I genuinely genuinely impressed by willick really really am i'm like i mean it's it's if we'd signed him in the summer you know you'd be be saying that's a 30 million pound player right there right yeah well i mean in the current market you don't get much for for that kind of money and yeah you know so yeah you're you're absolutely right and the fact that he's come through the academy and he's signed a new deal is really really promising and i think the new deal has got to be something that that gives him a lot of confidence as well Mm. about you know his future at the club and i tell you one of the things that i really liked about his performance against frankfurt was the fact that he got a booking and it was, you know, it was maybe a little bit harsh. But where did he get the booking? He was covering the right back position. 
Mm. You know, he he's it's something I noticed during the summer as well um, that he will really do his defensive work. Also, he's definitely got a level of mobility that, let's say, Granit Xhaka doesn't have. Was I it? Was it? Sorry, just uh, was it Barcelona? Was it the Barcelona yeah, game yeah, yeah, where yeah. he made an amazing clearance from almost underneath the crossbar, and it was just simply down to him you know, being aware of where the play was and where the ball was going and, and where he needed to be. I mean, he, he's a player also who has absolutely no qualms in going really deep to get the ball and seems very comfortable being able to pull it away from those situations. Um, and then looks as equally comfortable in and around, you know, the the, the, the final third of the, of the pitch when we're attacking. Um, so to have those qualities, to find a box-to-box midfielder in your academy like that is is, is a genuine, like, gem. Yeah. Um, the key now, I guess, is, you know, obviously you just hope that he keeps building his confidence. And the other thing is just he has to avoid an injury because it tends to be at this age that injuries, once they knock you out of your stride a little bit, um, it can really take a toll. I mean, I think Emil Smith-Rowe's development has probably been put back by quite a bit by yeah. by the injury that he picked up, which took him out for six months. So, um, yeah, I mean... There's nothing to suggest he will, he will pick one up because he seems like a much, much stronger, more physical presence than he did this time last year. Yeah, that's true. Um, just before we move on to, to Saka, uh, Smith Rowe got his first start for, I don't know how long, it's been a while since he started a game of football because he went on loan uh, last year to Germany and you know barely played because of the, the hip injury that he had. A, you know, a sort of a quiet game, as you might expect, but good to see him back. And there was a moment, I think, in the in the second half where he really showed a nice turn of pace down the right-hand side to win the ball and, you know, not much came of it. But, you, you know, you can see that the uh, the talent is there and, you know, with, with the Europa League being the way it is, with our need to preserve, if you like, our, our key players, our senior players for the Premier League when we play the, the other teams in this group, Standard Liège and, and Vittoria, you know, you don't want to take anything for granted. But but those are games where you can really throw in young players. So you're looking at Smith-Rowe hopefully staying fit and getting another five or six games, playing in the Carabao Cup, playing in the Europa League games and sort of trying to get himself back to where he was before that injury. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as as was the case with Willock, I mean, he's he's got goals under under his belt already, so he doesn't have to worry about that. He should, to a certain extent, be able to play relatively relaxed. Um, he's, a, he's an attacking threat. He's got really good feet. You know, he seems relatively calm on the ball. I think for him, it really is, as you said, just all about all about maintaining his fitness. I mean, this niggly groin problem, I don't know if it's been the same one for the last, I mean, it's coming up to a year. It's kind of blighted him yeah. uh, on and off. Um, because he made a real impression in the Europa League last year. I remember that um, the games against Karabag and was it Vorskla? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, he, he he was a he was a real kind of he was a real threat. You know, coming in off the the right hand side in the preseason, we'd seen him kind of playing in a more of a, a, a central position. Um, so again, like like Willock, he's got he's got all the ingredients. It's just about putting them together and playing regularly. Were you a little bit surprised not to see Reese Nelson start? A little bit, but then I th- I feel like he must be seeing in training what Saka's been doing and wondering whether Saka needs a chance. He's going to have to take a chance at the expense of someone else. The natural position for him on that pitch was to play on the left side of the attack, as was the case with mm. with Nelson. I, I I kind of felt like this was more a case of you know there's another there's another game coming up in 
a, a, a week's time, whatever it is, less than a week's time against Nottingham Forest. And I can fully see Nelson playing that game. Um, it's possible Nelson might even start at the weekend against um, against Villa. Um, I was maybe slightly surprised, mostly because I guess he has experience in Germany, right? I think he'd probably played yeah. against Frankfurt during his time at Hoffenheim. Um, a little bit of surprise. I mean, it's... Uh, Arsenal fans are probably all wondering the same thing is when when's Reese Nelson going to explode for Arsenal like he did for Hoffenheim um there's a slight worry I guess in the same way that there is about Pepe you're kind of just waiting for that first that first goal that first moment to cling to yeah um but I mean what can you say I mean Saka took his chance tonight and right now you'd say who who should play against Aston Villa if you had a toss-up between those two and you'd probably say Saka well yeah given what he did given what he did yeah. uh in the second half in particular like I, I thought he started quite slowly it has to be said um which is normal and understandable but whoa spaceship going by I, I mean I felt you know kind of about halfway through that first half as the game got more and more stretched <laughs> Sorry, there was just a great, uh, it sounded like a spaceship going by the, uh, outside oh, your window there. Two seconds, let me just. No, no, that. no, it's okay. It's fine. I'm just fine. It's just you completely ignored what I said about the spaceship. And uh, uh, I think the mic actually just went dead for a second as well. Oh, really? Okay. Well, let's not worry about it. This is all part of the podcasting fun. I'll leave it in. Um, oh, okay. We were talking about Saka, and I was saying basically that I thought. You know, he started the game a little bit slowly. It took him a, a little while to get into it. But when he did get into it, it was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, the, the the second half was just sensational from him. Um, I know he was involved in, in Willock's goal. Um, and I suppose he will. Will he be credited with an assist for that? Because it was the final pass I, to... I mean- it would be criminal if they didn't because actually yeah. when you see where he picks up the ball and the turn that he does to then make space to then play the pass it really is like you couldn't have asked for more from him in that in that uh, particular situation it was fantastic yeah yeah i mean he did brilliantly um taking the ball from deep and and giving the ball mm. to willock who still had quite a lot to do um i i'm sort of going at it from the point of view where the one for the assist for obamiang in the second half uh, late in the game that's you know like a true assist. You put the yeah, ball through yeah. to the man and the man just finishes. Um, whereas there was a bit more for, for Willick to do, but it's to take nothing away from what Saka did uh, before giving the ball to Willick. Um, that combination down the left-hand side. Um, again, Joe Willick, you know, you think about where he was when he picked up picked up the ball as well, you know, mm. from, uh, you know, the, the attacking uh, left-sided midfield player. That's where he's picking up the ball. And, you know, he's in the right back position. He's in central midfield. I'd l I must look up the heat map for Joe Willock. But, well, uh, I've just looked up the chances created for, for Saka and Willock, and both of them mm. topped the game. So Saka was with five. Willock was with three. And, I mean, creating five chances in a game is, is pretty spectacular at 18 years old. Yeah. Two of them obviously leading to goals. Yeah, it really is. Just as a note, uh, Reese Nelson scored against Eintracht Frankfurt last season. There you go. So, um, yeah. So he's already proved himself there. Then. Yeah, fine. exactly. Yeah. You know, he knew he knew he didn't need to do it against, mm. uh, he didn't need to do it against Frankfurt again. But yeah, I mean, Saka is a guy, uh, he's only just gone 18. Um, and again, I remember watching him during the summer and thinking he's ready 
for first team football like not necessarily ready to start week in week out or, or anything like that but you look at a guy and you look at the way he plays and you look at the try the way he tries to play the game i mean physically he's there you know he's he's strong enough he's quick enough he's muscular enough you know he, he's not going to get knocked around um too easily by anybody but the way that he tries to play the game is really really positive and it made me think yeah he's definitely ready for for minutes for the first team again looking at the Europa League and looking at the Carabao Cup and you know he's kind of exploded onto the scene because it's all it's all been about Willock it's been about Nelson it's been about Pepe and mm-hmm. here's this guy who's just come not out of nowhere because we all know who he is but but he hasn't had too many chances and tonight he absolutely uh, was man of the match i mean that that second half performance um, I mean, he was just absolutely shredding them to pieces. I mean, it's you know you, you have to remember he also caused their defender to or midfielder to get sent off for that second yellow as well, mm. which I think was actually quite a turning point given the way that the game was being played, just so end to end. To have that little bit of extra space ended up making all the difference. Um, I mean, what can you say about the finish? I mean, he, he you know, wow. obviously Pepe looked up, found him, and he took one lovely touch, and then suddenly it was just—I didn't have any doubts. The moment it left his foot, it was in. Um, a real, a real beauty, and like to have someone who can do that with his left foot. I mean, he's basically shown up Pepe a little bit there. I know Martin Keown's already been kind of going with the hyperbole and saying he's, you know, he's better than the seventy-two million pound signing and all that. But just, <laughs> just you know, classic Keown, I think. Um, hopefully he gets spurred on like Murtasaka did. Um, old Pepe. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, oh, Saka, Saka, I mean, look, I, I know we need to try and keep things in perspective, but there's not many people do that at 18 years old. Um, mm. it can go kind of, it can go the wrong way. I mean, we saw David Bentley years ago, didn't we come on and produce a really great finish against Middlesbrough? I think it was in an FA cup game. Yeah. Um, so there are always talents out there who can do special things. He's just got to keep doing it now. That's what I really want to see. I want to see him keep doing that. Well, I think we all do. And it's, you know, it is one of those things where when, when you, when you sort of, have doubts about other things and we will come to those in a moment um when you have doubts and when you have concerns and when you're worried about you know the fact that we're not that great defensively and midfield you know the shape of midfield isn't quite what you would expect it to be you look for things which excite you and you look for Mm. things which are positive and you look for things which give you enthusiasm and and make you look forward to games and like you know let's um, I'll be honest anyway, I can't speak for anyone else and I won't speak for you, but the Europa League, I'm, you know, it's kind of shit, you know? It's basically shit. And yeah. if there is something that can pique our interest in this season's competition, it is the young players that we have at this football club who, A, have a couple of them have proven tonight that they're ready to play, but B are out to prove not just that they're ready to play in the Europa League, but they're ready to play in the Premier League as well. This is this is what their chance is for. It's to stake a claim for a place, not just when you're playing in the Europa League, but you know, week in, week out. Well, it's the, it's the young British core that I think Per Mertesacker was so excited about. You know, he's he's been desperate to try and foster a sense of um, Arsenalness, but also, I guess, Britishness within the squad for some reason he a German has looked at this from the outside and said 
this needs to be a British call. This will resonate with the fans. This will give them something to, to cling to. And I'm not saying that necessarily nationality is, is the key thing here, but the fact that they kind of get the club, they've been around mm. it for a while, I think that will add up in the long term. Um, it certainly gives the academy three or four players to kind of pin up on the board and say to all the next guys coming through, look, this can be done. And I think we're seeing, you know, already there's a few there who are lining up behind them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely excited. They all seem like really nice down to earth lads as well. If you kind of listen to them speak, they all seem very humble, sort of, there's nothing particularly flash about them at the moment. Now I know that it's very young. I think I saw something, I think Saka's, you know, at GCSE has got kind of like three or four A stars and the rest were A's or something. So he's an intelligent kid as well. Um, I hope all of that adds up to, to you know, it all adds up to being the right ingredients to, to have a real star on our hands. Um, the only thing is, is that, you know, we do have other players. And when Lacazette's back and Pepe's, you know, fully firing, we've got Aubameyang, like they might not get game time um, later in the season, especially in the league. Um, it's how they cope with that. Do we then potentially look to loan them out? Um, you know, particularly if we went out of, let's say, the League Cup, or the FA Cup early in January, we might look to sort of give them minutes elsewhere. I still feel like a loan move for Smith Rowe, given his injury problems, isn't completely out of the question in January. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a few questions, but there's there's been some answers as well along the way today. Yeah, I think it just depends how useful Unai Emery considers them for, for Premier League. Um, mm. And, I, you know, we don't have the biggest squad as it is. You know, um, I was, you know, looking at the squad on, on soccer base and, you know, it's quite short. You know, we don't have... It is, particularly up front, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I almost always forget that Martinelli exists. And, you know, you consider that he's probably going to play in one of the front roles as well. Yeah. Um, I'll be curious to see if he gets a game on Tuesday against Nottingham Forest because yeah. he must be chomping at the bit having seen this. For sure. You know, but that's that's where I think the loan, the potential loans in January might not happen. I mean, we might do some some incoming business in January. Mm. Who knows? But, you know, I think if these players can prove themselves at Europa League level and even League Cup level, depending on who we're playing, you know, and they've shown that they can make an impact. You know, Willock has shown he can do it in the Premier League already. Saka, you know, ha- has to get his chance yet. But I think if they can be considered uh, players who give us something, give us options, and also give us depth, you know, if we go far into the Europa League as well, if we're heading towards the quarterfinals, the semifinals, the final, there is a real need to uh, to have depth in your squad because the fatigue can can play a part. It really can. Um, I just want to talk. I'm going to take a little break uh, in the middle of this, but before we do. I think he's not a young player because he's uh, our longest serving player, but he's a player who we haven't seen an awful lot of over the years at Arsenal, and that's Emi Martinez. And I thought um, had a really, really good game. Uh, he had a you know a lone spell at Reading in the second half of last season, which looks like it's done him the world of good. Yeah, I mean, I think he went off to that. Um, that low move at the Majetski and, and, and kind of knew that when he came back that the path was going to be clear for him to have a real shot at uh, challenging Bern Leno. He knew that Petacek was going to retire. He knew that David Ospina was going to be sold. Um, I think he also knew that this was going to be his last chance. And I really feel like he's sort of knuckled down. Um, 
I, I mentioned actually to you in a private chat this morning that, you know, I'd been reading an article by James Gunnerblog James on the athletic. And that was all about Amy Martinez. And, um, you know, you, you, you listen to the, you read about the preparation that he's been making and the guys that have been working with him. And I think he, he genuinely feels like he can challenge Leno now. Yeah. Um, well, that's what he his wants. handling tonight yeah. was unbelievable. I mean, he didn't put a, you know, there wasn't a single drop ball. I didn't feel no high crosses, low crosses. Yeah, like he was everything. there. He read everything brilliantly. He was brave when he had to get down at the feet of an attacker. He made some very good saves. Um, there was a, and his distribution was good as well. Well, yeah, there was a, there was a weird thing going on though tonight when we had goal kicks. I was absolutely waiting for the cameras to be trained on the Arsenal defence. Given what happened against Watford, mm. I was waiting for the cameras to see what exactly we were going to do and how we were going to do it. And quite often, they sort of showed a replay, or they cut to Emery on the sideline, or they show some some of the Frankfurt fans waving their gigantic flags, and then the ball is in play, and you don't quite know what's mm-hmm. happened and how we've how we've distributed the ball. But it looked and felt a little bit safer. I mean, I was a little bit surprised that Frankfurt didn't try and pressure us a bit more in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I. I... I mean, the game was so open that actually it wasn't like they weren't struggling to make chances, right? Yeah. I mean, they almost they didn't even need to press us there, and they still managed to get the ball in dangerous areas and push forward. Um, I mean, back on back on Martinez. I mean, I guess when I was thinking about the distribution, it wasn't just with his feet. You actually watched the way that he sprung the the, the final um, the final attack for the the Aubameyang goal. Yeah. Um, you know, he was very quick to claim the ball. And then, you know, he was he had the awareness to see Xhaka was moving forward and in space and he gave it to him quickly. There was no kind of, I'm going to hold on to the ball now because it's the last minute and we're winning 2-0 and I'm going to waste time. He thought, you know what, let's just go for this. Um, and I like that. You know, I like it when a goalkeeper's kind mm. of proactive. I like it when a goalkeeper kind of looks in those situations and goes, okay, I trust my teammates. They can go and there's an opportunity here. Um you know, uh, I guess his next chance is 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 Tuesday. Yeah, and then after that, it's he's he's biding his time, isn't he? Really, a few more Europa League games, but he's basically waiting for an injury, which is a, the weird life of a goalkeeper. Mm. Um, well, that's I still don't think that Emery's going to necessarily change his mind about who's number one. No, I don't think so. But that's how Leno got in last season over Czech. Yeah. And obviously there was a sort of natural attrition with, with Czech retiring. But, you know, it's good if we have a, a, a goalkeeper who can put some pressure on the number one. Mm. So, look, you know, we'll see. I think it's one of those things where you kind of go, well, we, we've had that discussion, haven't we, about like it would be good to have a really clear number one goalkeeper. Um, but at the same time, if that goalkeeper feels comfortable and isn't under any pressure for his place, then complacency can potentially potentially set in. Look, I'm going to take a little break here, and then uh, we're going to return and talk about some of the things against Frankfurt, which weren't quite as positive as Saka and Martinez and Joe Willock. <laughs> Hi, this is Rachel Fisher. And this is Desi Jenikin. And we host the Hollywood Crime Scene Podcast. We're really excited to tell you about the best Christmas ever on AMC+, where every day feels like Christmas morning. From new holiday favorites like Elf and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation to modern and iconic family classics, you can spend the holiday season opening only the good stuff. And with new series, episodes, movies, and fresh content arriving every week, AMC Plus is the gift that keeps on giving all year long. 
Sign up today at amcplus.com. AMC Plus, only the good stuff. This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we are back, and in this second part, uh, we're going to look at the, uh, some of the things that happened against Eintracht Frankfurt, which weren't necessarily as positive as young players making themselves lifelong heroes to all of us uh, until their next game anyway. But, you know, uh, going back to Martinez very quickly, when your goalkeeper has an outstanding performance, it's usually because your goalkeeper <laughs> is kind of a bit busy. Mm. Um, and he was uh, a little bit busy. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt had 24 attempts on goal uh, to our 16, which is still uh, a lot, though. And that is yeah. a problem that we are going to have to we're going to have to face up to, and it's something that Unai Emery is really, really going to have to get on top of um, in mitigation. I guess you would say it's a back four that that didn't uh, or has never played together before. Chambers. Um, is really not a right back, and I kind of feel for him being played there. He's he's willing, he runs, um, but he can be exposed defensively. He certainly was in the first half. Very good on the ball, though, it has to be said. Um, mm. But, you know, M- Mustafi and Louise, I, I don't think did anything particularly wrong, but on paper, it's the kind of central defensive partnership that would give you the shits. Um, Kolasinac at left back. But, you know, it's not just about the back four. It's about the ball getting to those areas where the back four can be exposed. So, again, we have issues in, in midfield where um, I think it's it's organizational because I, I would have said I thought Xhaka played quite well. I thought he had a good game. Um, mm. I thought Torreira looked a little bit rusty uh, at times, a little bit, bit sloppy. But, you know, he was all right. Joe Willock was good. He did his work. And it's not for the want of trying or lack of effort or anything like that in midfield, but it just feels like it's so easy to to get between our lines, you know, and to to cause us problems. I mean, the shots on 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 goal thing is is obviously a massive worry. But actually, looking at the statistics, the one that really stands out for me this evening, and it's something that I kind of felt was the case at the time. Frankfurt had thirty five crosses. 35 crosses basically means you are abandoning the wide areas and just letting the people out wide get the ball into the box. And it feels like this has become a bit of a common thread this season. I mean, against Liverpool, Mm. they had countless crosses where we just gave up the wide spaces, played that diamond, kept it kind of narrow in the middle. Um, I just don't feel like you can afford to allow people in wide places to, to, to get the ball in like that because inevitably, if the ball drops into the box, there's going to be one of two options either there's a shot on goal or there's a clearance if there's a clearance given that we keep surrendering the wide areas the ball keeps coming back again yeah um so i think this i don't know what's going on there i mean you hope right we've got two fullbacks coming back tierney and, and bellerin who are supposed to play for the under 23s which will be tonight by the time people listen to this um that somehow 
they will provide more solidity in those areas. But if it's a tactical thing and we are just giving up that space, I, 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 I'm slightly baffled by it. Well, we did against Liverpool deliberately, I think, by playing yeah. the diamond and we let the, the fullbacks have it. And, you know, it, it wasn't a strategy I was particularly uh, happy about. Um, but we also did it against Watford, where they had a lot of space left and right. Not so many yeah. crosses, but they tried to work the ball into our box. I mean, Unai Emery I mean, can't be blind to this. I, I can only assume that he's desperately hoping that he's well aware that all the other teams look at our fullback areas and they must go, there's a, there's a weak spot there. And when you know that there's a weak spot, you, you're obviously going to attack it. And the bonus for them is knowing that at the moment, our centre-backs are kind of mm. looking pretty dodgy, that if you get the ball into the box, and there's definitely going to be an opportunity for you. I, it's, if, if this is a tactic, and I don't know, there's, there's plenty of people out there who are better tuned in to, to talking tactics than I am. But it definitely feels like when the ebb and flow of games gets going, that some of our players certainly aren't being castigated for not being in certain positions of the pitch. I don't see Emery having a massive go at Klasnach or someone for not closing down in those areas. Um, it feels like, you know, they're, they're, they're doing as they're being told. And what they're being told is to, you know, to lay off. Um, yeah. I, I just... I. I, I, if we keep doing this, though, we got lucky tonight, right? Because this game quite easily could have gone the other way. Mm. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and not only that, I mean, we've seen it all before, right? You, this Arsenal team can crumble in the space of five minutes. Um, so one goal becomes three and, you know, you've, 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 you've gone and lost a game in, this, in you know, before there's 20 minutes left of the, of the final, you know, of the, of the second half. I just... Um, I, 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 it frustrates me because... It is a negative, right? It is one of those things that will nag away at me for the until we play our next game. That we have this, you know, looseness. I guess it is um, that other teams know about it, and that, quite frankly, unless we week in week out start working on this, it's going to be a problem. Like other teams will try this again next week, just because you know we've won tonight doesn't mean that other teams, bigger teams, better teams won't won't give us a much, uh, you know, give us a similar examination. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm waffling at this. No, bit, no, but, no. But know. I know what you, I know what you mean. It's the perception of what the team is, and mm. you know how you can get at at the opposition. And we look, we look soft. We look easy to expose. We have done for for quite a while. Um, whether it's down the flanks, whether it's down the middle, I know there have been some individual mistakes. Um, and people might want to write those off. Some people will say, well, you can't legislate for those. But I also think you can try and approach a game in a way which minimizes the potential for those mistakes to happen. And and if you allow the opposition, let's say going back to Watford, if you allow a team to to bombard you in terms of possession, in terms of crosses, in terms of getting touches in your own area, you know, eventually at this level of football, whether the team is bottom of the table or not, they've got players good enough to punish you or they will force you into making mistakes. Um, not that the Socrates one was was um, forced, but you know it was a consequence of doing something that the players looked uncomfortable doing uh, throughout the game, you know, from, from the first half. So it's about changing the perception of, of who you are, you know, because yeah, right now, if you, if you were a team coming to face Arsenal, you'd be going, great. 
I know they've got Aubameyang. I know they've got, well, you know, Lacazette's injured, but, you know, they've got Pepe and they've got, you know, some good attacking players. But, like, you know, give us a go at that defense. Give us a go at that midfield. Because if you can if you can um, get the momentum of the game going in your way, we find it, that's another thing that worries me, is that we find it so difficult to change that. Mm. And that actually isn't a new thing. I mean, that's been a, a weird hangover for, you know, from the Wenger era. I mean, we would we would lose games and get smashed. In, and, you know, as I was saying before, you know, there'd be two, three goals and suddenly it was like, oh, my God, what's happened? And the players would be completely stunned. It was almost as if they would be, you know, so much of a kind of like, oh, my God, the, the balls of the other team to score against us. And then suddenly it was like, oh, my God, this is actually quite hard because the crowd are roaring them on. And then, oh, oh, oh you know, and suddenly it'd be like one, two, three. Oh, right. Game mm. over. Thanks very much. And it was always I mean, it was often mostly away from home. Um, but that's why so many this this game plan we played tonight is so risky because that, this it, all the way through the first half. I thought, oh, my God, we're, we're, if we concede one here, we're, this is going to be a really, really difficult night. Mm. Um and actually, I was thinking that at Watford at the weekend, but we got the goal on the break, as we did this time. Um, the difference in this situation was just we didn't score the second one at the at the right time. Uh, sorry, we didn't score the third one at the right time on on the weekend. Yeah. Um, whereas this one, time wise and with the sending off, it really made a big difference. It's you know, if you look at the the game uh, against Frankfurt tonight, you know, you might put it down as kind of a classic European performance in a way that, you know, you're away from home. You're not going to go and uh, play expansive football. Um, You win 3-0. You've kept a clean sheet. Okay, you've ridden your luck a little bit. Your goalkeeper has made a couple of good saves. They've missed some good chances and they missed a couple of really, really good chances. And I know that that we did too, you know, particularly Mm. in the first half, you think of Torreira's chance very early on, which would have uh, given the game a different shape. Uh, Joe Willock as well before he scored his goal. But, you know, what way are we going to approach this Villa game at the weekend? You know, is it a case that we're going to we're gonna all of a sudden go out and be on the front foot and attack and leave space behind for our defenders? Is that what Villa will expect us to do? Is that something Emery is going to look at and say, well, Villa will expect us you know, at home to come out and play and to really give it a good bash. But, you know, to fool them, we'll play in this kind of weird, deep-lying, counter-attacking way that gets uh, gets us the opportunity to use the pace of Aubameyang and Pepe kind of thing. You know, I'm just so in the dark about what it is he wants his team to be. Mm-hmm. That's where I find it, you know, so difficult to connect with with him, but also the football that we play, because you know I had no idea what way we were gonna we were gonna line up tonight. Was he gonna you know change everything? Was he gonna was he gonna play you know two up top again, just one up top? You know you just didn't know or you don't know, and perhaps that unpredictability predictability is is a positive thing because it's difficult for the opposition to know what you're gonna do. But like I I just I just find it so hard to to connect with what Emery is trying to do with this team because I don't I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean it's hard to fall in love if you don't know the person, right? You know, you're kind mm. of 
I, 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 I think you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's curious because it almost all, you know, the wins seem to depend on certain players clicking and the chances being taken. But we could play 100 games in a very similar style, lose 50 of them 4-0 and, and win 50 of them 3-1 or something, you know. Yeah. The only thing that seems consistent at the moment is the fact that we're going to concede chances. Um, the rest of it all kind of sort of, it seems to be kind of butterfly effect stuff, right? You know, someone makes a great save and we go up the other end and score. The alternative being, you know, a sliding doors moment or something, you know, they go and score and then they go and score a second one. I, I'm... It's, it's, it is very unpredictable at the moment. And I think we need to kind of lay down something of a, of a, of a steady run of games. I mean, last year when we went, what was it, 22 games unbeaten, the weird thing about that was you kept watching us and going, we're not really playing very well here, but we're somehow grinding out some results. Yeah. Um, I don't, I feel like we're more likely to excite now but I don't see us actually being capable of just grinding out boring games. I just, I, we're a very, very strange side. And I think, I guess it's the result of us being incredibly top heavy, right? I mean, we yeah. knew that the defense was a problem and it may, may well take another couple of windows to sort that imbalance out. But it seems weird that from a tactical point of view, you can't try and do something to, you know, mitigate that. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think the Frankfurt game was reminiscent of that run last season where we we allowed the opposition a lot of chances and had the opposition taken their chances last season that run of games would not have been anywhere near as mm. impressive it, it reminded me of that and then I'm kind of I'm thinking about like what Emery must be thinking and it's like okay I have to do something to make this team more defensively solid we cannot give up 20 25 attempts on goal in every game because ultimately if you do that you're going to let in more than you score particularly if once again we were outshot by the opposition which is another feature of of the football that we're playing under Emery so I'm thinking okay is he thinking right I've got to make the team more defensively secure how do I do that while at the same time trying to play to the strengths of this team and this squad which Clearly, you know, when we've got Lacazette fit, we've got this fantastic, potentially fantastic strike trio up there. I know Pepe hasn't done it yet, but it feels to me like he just needs he needs a performance or he needs a moment or something which will kickstart his his Arsenal career. And in Aubameyang, we have one of the best strikers in the world, and we have to try and play to his strengths. So I'm I'm just wondering, how is he going to marry those two things? How is he going to find the balance between needing to be more defensively secure and also making sure that we're not asking Aubameyang to run himself into the ground to get like one or two chances a game? I mean, uh, Aubameyang's not going to be able to play every game 90 minutes every game as he has been so far this season. I can only assume that he's decided to take the risk with him at the moment because he's looking at Lacazette being injured and thinking well when Lacazette comes back I'm going to have to give Aubameyang a breather and hopefully by that point Pepe will be up to speed mm. um, the only thing that I will say of Emery is I'm going to give him the opportunity to play Bellerin and Tierney and if after a month six weeks of them playing in a back line that looks a bit more like the back line we all expected when you know we bought Tierney um 
if we're still conceding 25 shots on goal every game, then I think at that point, you, you, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, you know, memory probably has to go because there's no way we'll be able to, 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 to kind of compete for trophies like that. Or for the top four. Or for the top four, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt until he's got his, his first choice defense out there. But if that defense isn't coached to do what it needs to do, then I think we're going to have massive problems. Mm. Well, I think it goes beyond the defense. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Ballerin back. I'm looking forward to seeing Tierney make his debut. Um, you know, by all accounts, he's really, really uh, impressing in training. The under-23 game is coming up. They're both going to play. So that's really positive. We have to be careful as well. You know, we can't just throw them in and expect them to be top class and, and right up to, to speed straight away. It's going to take them a little mm. while. But, you know, if we, I think if we fall into the trap of thinking, well, if we get our fullbacks in and get a consistent back four, and I'm not saying it, it won't help. Like if we could play the same back four on a fairly regular basis, that would be a, that would be a real benefit to this team. No question. But I feel like we'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we thought that that's the 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 root of the problem. I think it goes beyond that, and I think we we really have to think about midfield as well. Hmm. I mean, it does feel like there's a weird situation with Torreira going on, where he is almost giving up on him as a kind of defensive shield, and yeah. thinks he'd rather play him further forward up the pitch, right? Yeah. Um, I, I I find that really curious, given that everyone thought that Torreira, well, I mean, Torreira's reputation when he came to the club was to play as a kind of anchor man, um, but he obviously doesn't seem to kind of fancy him there. No, yeah, I, mean, I think it's a, f- a physical thing. Uh, I've mm. said this on the podcast with James. I think it's you know he he just wants a bigger guy in that position. But then I don't know why you can't play Torreira and somebody else, you know, um, with two sort of deeper lying midfield players um maybe he wants a bigger guy in there because he's instructed everybody else to let all these big crosses come in and he needs a big guy in there. yeah that could that could, <laughs> that could well be yeah all right well look before we go i want to ask you about your um your really interesting tube journey and you mentioned that you were reading an article about emmy martinez yeah on the tube um, well, actually, it was, it was it was on the it was on the overground. I, I was, was heading to work this morning, okay. and it was a, I was taking a slightly different route, and I was travelling from Loughborough Junction to Farringdon, and you, I kind of squeezed on, and I was like, really, it was face to face on there. It was it was really really difficult to move, but somehow I kind of manoeuvred my hand into my pocket, and you know I saw there was a notification from the Athletic that James had written an article about Emmy Martinez, and there I was trying to squeeze my hand into a position where I could read it, and. You know, you get that feeling when someone's sort of looking over your shoulder and just sort of <laughs> reading over your shoulder. And I was like, this is really creepy. And I thought, oh, hang on. And he went, it's, I've not heard of this player. Who's who's he? And I was like, oh, no, please. like, Don't talk really, to me. This is a really packed trade. The last thing I want to do is talk to someone. And suddenly he's sort of like, no, so, you know, where's, where's he from? And I was like, oh, he's, he's been on loan, you know, blah, 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 giving the background about Emmy Martinez to a, 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 a carriage full of people who couldn't give a shit. And um, anyway, this this guy, I kind of, a couple of people got off and there was a bit more space and I sort of got face to face with him and he sort of introduced himself, said he was here working for a charity for two weeks. He's from the pool, massive Arsenal fan. 
And then he sort of pointed to someone else who he was with and said, you know, he's a Watford fan, blah, blah, blah. And he very quickly sort of said, it's my dream to go to the Emirates. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, good dream to have. Probably not at the moment because we're a bit dodgy and, you know, making kind of gallows humour about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just said, oh, well, you know, I said, there's a match on Tuesday. You should see if you can get a ticket. And then I thought, oh, hang on a minute. I mean, I can probably get him a ticket. So that's what I'm doing. I'm taking a, a random dude I met on the train He's from the pool and he's going to come with me to Arsenal next Tuesday. To see Arsenal versus Nottingham Forest in the Carabao Cup? Exactly. Um, He seems very, very excited about it. Um, (laughs) So I I will give you an update next week. But, you know, the best thing about it actually is I went to check, see if I could get tickets. There was loads available, including the two tickets, uh, two seats next to me. So um, he doesn't even have to sit on his own. He gets to get the full Allen experience. Wow. I'll, be, um, I'll be yelling at the referee or something and he'll be appalled. <laughs> Hello, I am appalled from Nepal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's um, anyway, awesome. I hope he has a good time. I hope I don't ruin it for him. I hope Arsenal win. Um, but yeah, should be fun. That's cool. What an amazing yeah. random act of kindness that was. Well, you know, I figured if I do something nice for someone, maybe something nice will happen to me. Exactly. Pay it forward, man. It'll, exactly. it'll all come back on you in the end. Maybe it will be like a, a Gabriel Martinelli hat-trick against not and forest and this guy from nepal will uh will will just have a fantastic time exactly yeah well look uh well done for that that's i think that's really cool and um thank you for the chat um we'll we'll catch you on the next one sounds good see you later Thank you very much indeed to Andrew. You can find him on Twitter at A. Allen Sport, at A. Allen Sport, and of course, writing lots of stuff on Arsblog News, as well as being the co-host of his own podcast. Everyone's got a podcast these days, you know. It's called the Left Field Podcast at leftfield underscore pod. If you want to find out more about that, it's about sport and stuff. So, you know, if you like sport and you like stuff, then, you know, give it a try. So this weekend, we're playing Aston Villa. Given that we've just played, we don't know anything about team news or or anything like that ahead of that game. Uh, Three points, vital, of course, given that we dropped a couple away from home last weekend. We're at home. We're playing a team that, with all due respect, you should be looking to beat if you're Arsenal Football Club. They've just been promoted. You're not taking anything for granted or, or underestimating the opposition, but... Hopefully we can see a performance. Hopefully we can continue this improvement, you know, with the shots on goal thing. Like maybe if we have 25% less against Villa, that would be good too. And, you know, if we perhaps took a few more shots than the opposition, that would also be good. But we've got a whole weekend to prepare for that because it is a, a Sunday afternoon game. I'm going over to see my first game in... Uh, in the flesh this season, so hoping it's going to be a good day out and hoping that Arsenal can take three points. James and I will be recording the Arsecast Extra on Monday in London, actually, which is going to be a bit strange. I'll explain why it's a little bit strange on the Arscast Extra on Monday. In the meantime, if you would like something else to listen to, uh, James and I just did the first episode of a brand new podcast exclusively for Patreon members where we talk about anything except Arsenal. We talk about subjects suggested by our Patreon members and on the agenda this week was uh, video games, we had uh, evil otters, 
We had food. We had all kinds of stuff in there as well. So if you want to listen to that, you can do so by becoming an Arsblog member on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash Arsblog. It costs a fiver a month. You get instant access to all the content that we have on there. You get ad-free versions of the Arscast and the Arscast Extra. We've got brand new updates for our apps coming. We've got an iOS app out and uh, Android app is coming soon. You can get ad-free Android apps with your uh, Patreon uh, subscription, and it supports everything that we do on the site. So if you fancy doing a bit of that, patreon.com forward slash arsblog. If you don't, don't worry about it. Everything that has always been free and available to you on Arsblog will continue to be free and available to you as it always has been. Right. I'm going to leave it there. Um, have yourselves a fantastic Friday. Have a great weekend. And uh, fingers crossed we can do the business against Villa on Sunday. James and I will thrash it out on Monday, whatever happens. Until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. Good evening, yes, I think it's a very good performance from Saka, and also Willak play very well, good progression of the ball through me feels very good, but Saka and Willak. Are very impressive Good evening. This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply.